Welcome to How to Catholic with Kevin and Lisa Cotter, a podcast dedicated to helping you practically live your Catholic faith with excellence. Have you ever felt like God was distant? Have you ever been in a place in your life where you felt spiritually dead? Feeling dry is a common occurrence in the spiritual life. Even the saints struggled with it. But how often do we actually talk about it? What can we do in these moments when we feel apart from God? On today's podcast, we talk about six steps to rehydrate your spiritual life. And along the way, I'm going to talk about why we've had so much drama in our lives, even though we're not dramatic people. And Lisa shares a hack to help you in an emergency. Let's get started. Lisa, we are not dramatic people. Like that's one thing I know about us is we're not dramatic people, but I feel like we've had a lot of drama lately. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. um, You could say that. Yeah. And it's like when we think about the podcast, we're like, oh, we don't want to like talk about our lives again in a way that's dramatic because like we're just not, that's not who we are. That's not what we do. But here we are again. Life drama. There's been some life drama going on at the Cotter house for sure. Yeah. It's been like a season of life drama. Mm-hmm. And there's been like a lot of transition, house, job. Yeah, it's been intense. But the, the latest turn has been quite interesting. Do you want to fill in our listeners? I think I know what you're talking about. <laughs> uh, so I have mentioned in the podcast like, sorry about my perpetual cold. It's not a cold, people. I'm allergic to our house, our new house. Drama. Oh my gosh. <laughs> kind of laughable, but not really. It. I think you have to laugh or else you'll cry. One That's of those, true. I've it's done one both, of those, Yeah, it's actually. one of those moments. Like, yeah. It's good to, to laugh a bit. Yeah. So the people who previously owned this house had dogs. And I don't think they had a vacuum cleaner, unfortunately, because... <laughs> This house is just filled with pet dander. And we did everything you're supposed to do. We cleaned the yep. air ducts. We got the carpets shampooed. We even paid professional cleaners to come in and like deep clean the house before we moved our stuff in. And almost immediately after we got here, I started to feel really sick. Um, just like cold. like, And it just didn't go away. And yeah. so finally I talked to my midwife. Um, I called the midwife. Because um, <laughs> I have a midwife. Please, listeners, know that I was very like, hey, you need to call the midwife. I try not uh-huh. to be like too punny about it, but yeah, the show, of course. I've actually never seen the show because I use a midwife and I'm like, I don't want to no. watch dramatic midwife stuff. We're not dramatic people. We don't want drama. It's true. <laughs> it's true. Our choices of what we watch actually proves that to be true. Um, anyways, so there's just pet dander like in every crevice and nook and cranny of this house. Mm. And I have never had issues with pets before i had a ton of different pets growing up but for whatever reason um this particular house um and maybe it's because i'm pregnant anyways it's it's bad and so we have hepa filters going in the rooms that Mm. i'm in at all times Mm -hmm. i've been taking claritin um i'm basically not here at all during the day i only sleep here at night and a room where we know the dogs didn't sleep at night because um, I'm pretty sure the dog slept in the master bedroom. But I was just like 
like to the point where like like no not not uh, still actually because we haven't been able to eradicate all of it yet we're in the process um meaning like we have to get new carpet immediately and we have to kills the walls and reseal them Mm -hmm. and just do all kinds of crazy stuff we had to take down all of the curtains and just pitch them because they just were like covered in that and old um, curtains yeah yeah and and we we know this we've tested this to the best of our ability um actually stayed at a hotel a couple nights ago and it was like night and day being out of the house for 36 hours and so so yeah anyways we've um we're doing our best but it's been a little crazy i sound a lot better you do but i really like i can't it's because i cannot be in the house like it's in the air i can like recognize it now so imagine living in your house without being able to live in it yeah that's it's kind of what's going on right now yep so so Carpet well, people come to measure tomorrow. Hopefully it'll get installed when I'm out of town most of next week. So, Oh, the drama. Well, <laughs> we're not here to talk about being allergic to the house, which is necessary in the talking about our life. But tonight we're talking about spiritual dryness, which I think is really good because I think we just hit moments in our lives that can be really difficult, moments with our church that can be really difficult. Obviously, everything that's going on, I think a lot of people go boy, where is God in all this? And like, how do I move through these moments and these, um, yeah, these instances and these challenges? Like, what do I, what do I do to work through that? And so today we want to give you seven steps. To six. Re- Why did Only I literally six. read six and I said seven, six steps to re- re- rehydrate your spiritual life when you're spiritually dry. But before we get to that, what, let's just see what is, spiritual dryness. And the catechism actually talks about dryness. It says this, it says another difficulty, especially for those who sincerely want to pray is dryness. Dryness belongs to contemplative prayer when the heart is separated from God with no taste or thoughts, memories and feelings, even spiritual ones. So it's times when our spiritual life feels dead, maybe even we're praying each day, but we feel like get God's distance and um, distant. And I think it's really important to note that this is a very normal thing when it comes to the spiritual life. It's uh, in certain points in time with our spiritual life, maybe when we come into faith or grow deeper in our faith, we can kind of have a honeymoon phase of our relationship with God. Um, But just like any marriage, as we can speak as well. Or friendship. Or friendship. Yeah. After kind of that honeymoon phase, you can hit moments where like, huh, we're just not quite gelling together. Or like, ah, it just doesn't feel the way it did before. And the same thing can happen with our spiritual life as well. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, so because this is such a normal thing, and I think it's a part of any um, spiritual growth, like, in fact, you should expect this to happen. And it shouldn't be something that freaks you out, like, oh my gosh, where'd God go? Like, no, this is normal. <laughs> like, if you feel like he's distant, this is totally normal. So we thought this would be a good topic to discuss because we, we all are going to go through this at some point. We do want to give a little caveat <laughs> before we mm. start. Caveats. And that is it. We are not experts. We are not spiritual masters. We have not gone to doctoral school. We're not. We haven't ascended to the heights of the seven story mountain. I do levitate sometimes, <laughs> but um, only in my heart. Um, <laughs> so this, this what we're going to talk about, like spiritual dryness can be very deep stuff very deep stuff that we are not equipped to counsel on or handle. So we want to make sure it's clear kind of what we're offering would kind of be like, like the home remedy. So Mm -hmm. like you're not feeling well and you're like, well, I don't want to go to the doctor yet. Like maybe there's like 
something I can do at home to get better. We're basically, you're basically saying we're like the essential oils of the spiritual life here. <laughs> maybe, yeah, maybe. Although people who sell essential oils might be like, "Hey, that's <laughs> <laughs> that's not true." But the point is, is like this is like. But key. they're not doctors, and they know that. Yeah. Yeah. So these are kind of like home remedies, but like you might be at a season in life where you you need to go to the doctor. Like you need to go see a spiritual director. You need to go talk to a priest, somebody who is more equipped to dive deeply with you with what's going on. So so we just want to make sure it's very clear that we're not going to be able to cover everything where your specific circumstance is going to be specific to you, especially if it's something deep, but we want to offer you some like, like jumping off points, some things yeah. to start. Some to thoughts, try. some, some yeah. considerations. What happens when my relationship with God doesn't feel all, you know, rainbows and unicorns and awesomeness? Like what do I do in that situation? And we just want to give you six tips for thinking through. Yep. So awesome. So Lisa, do you want to start us off? For, I said tips. I meant steps. What's the first step to rehydrate your spiritual life? The first one is to examine your conscience, which might sound a little weird. But the last part of that catechism quote that uh, Kevin gave to you, which is paragraph 2731, for those of you who want to look it up, we'll put it in the show notes too. The last kind of sentence of that paragraph is, if dryness is due to the lack of roots because the word has fallen on rocky soil, the battle requires conversion. So here the catechism is talking about the parable of the sower, you know, so gathering the seed and some of it falls on rocky soil, right? And, and it can't grow. And what, what they're getting at here with this idea of this, this battle requires conversion is that sometimes the reason for your dryness is your own spiritual soil. There might be a sin in your life that is separating you from God. The, the, the deal is, is that God is never far from us, but when we sin, we separate ourselves from God. And so if we are separating ourselves from God, the spiritual dryness might be because of that sin in our life. And so we need to examine our conscience and ask, is there, a, is there something going on in my life that I am doing that's making it hard for God, for me to hear God? God's always speaking, right? But we might not be able to hear God because of the sin in our life. And so we don't want to like over-spiritualize this. It's not like, oh, my prayer time today was bad because I was impatient in the car, right? Like, mm -hmm. oh, okay, that's a bit much. But if it's like, yeah, I have been lying to my family about X, Y, or Z for months now. And then I go to pray and I'm like, where's God? Like, it might be that you've built a wall up and you need to get to confession. Um, so definitely, you know, examine your conscience. If there's something specific that you know, like, yeah, this is the sin of my life. I need to get to confession. I need to start to work on eradicating that sin. Um, that is probably going to be your first step. And it's another reason, too, for frequent confession. It just mm -hmm. allows us to, like, spiritually clean house frequently so it doesn't get so built up and dusty that people can't even live in your house because... You're full of pet dander, <laughs> which is what happened in this house, apparently. Just to use a, an abstract analogy. That has nothing to do with our current life situation. Yeah. So so that's the, the first step is just to examine your consciousness and recognize, is there sin going on? Is that the mm -hmm. issue? Because um, that might be what's preventing you from being able to connect with God and feel his presence. Yeah, and that's why I love what these are tips because... That's just one thing to really process through and think about. Because on one hand, it could be, yeah, that sin's cutting us off. 
another reason is God could just be testing our love, you know? And so just trying to process, that's why these are, are good tips is because just trying to process like, huh, what is God trying to do in this situation? Is it because there's a mortal sin, right? Mortal sin is a deadly sin. It cuts us off from relationship with God. So if we feel that way, well, it kind of matches where we're at with him, you know? So we just want to, yeah, examine your conscience is a great place to go um, for that. So I love that tip just to kind of help us process here. Yeah, because if it is sin, then none of these other tips are going to help. <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> well, so, yep. get to the root of the problem. Yep, start with the root. Cool. Well, the second step to rehydrate your spiritual life when you're feeling dryness is to learn from the saints, which you probably think, oh, the saints, they're really holy. They never had periods of dryness. False. False. <laughs> Answer, false. Here's what St. Therese of Lisieux says. Many saints had times of spiritual dryness. We'll get into that in a little bit. But St. Therese says this. She says, far from experience and in consolation, complete aridity, desolation almost was my lot. Jesus was asleep in my little boat as usual. I love that phrase. Jesus was asleep in my little boat as usual. And she's speaking of a gospel passage. And it's um, one that you probably can recall, but it's when Jesus is with the disciples in the boat and he falls asleep in the boat and there's a storm going on and it's raging and the apostles think they're going to sink. And like Jesus is just sleeping and they're like, Lord, like wake up, like do something about this. You're God. You can fix this. And so I think, uh, you know, I think a lot of us can feel like that. Like Jesus is with us, but he's asleep. Like he's not doing anything. Like, hey, Jesus, wake up, like get to work. And so St. Therese has this same feeling. Uh, I was was thinking this week with everything going on in the church, um, Benedict actually said something really similar. This is his- Pope Benedict. Pope Benedict, sorry, not Emeritus. Yes, Pope Benedict Emeritus said this, his very last, uh, I think it was his very last um, Wednesday audience. He said, I have felt like St. Peter with the apostles in the boat on the Sea of Galilee. The Lord has given us so many days of sun and light winds, days when the catch was abundant. There's also moments when the waters were rough and the winds against us, as throughout the church's history. And the Lord seemed to be sleeping. But I've always known that the Lord is in the boat. And I've always known that the, the bark of the church is not mine, but his bark, meaning the boat. Nor does the Lord let it sink. It is he who guides us. Surely also through those whom he has chosen, because he so wished, this has and is a certainty which nothing can shake. And so whether we feel like God is with us and is moving, whether we feel like he's not, even if he's quote-unquote sleeping in our life, if we have this dryness that Pope Benedict and St. Therese is speaking of, we still have to realize that Jesus is still in the boat with us. He's still right there next to us. And so as we mentioned before, so many saints have had this experience. So, uh, the kind of more spiritual definition of this is desolation, where we just don't feel like God is with us. And, um, so, you know, St. John of the Cross had this with his dark night of the soul. Mother Teresa, who, you know, so many people look up to and admire and say, oh my gosh, what an amazing saint. She would say that she had 40 years without feeling Jesus in her life. This is a really extreme desolation, really extreme dryness. Um, and in words like consolation and desolation, that's that's like much deeper. That's like where we're not spiritual masters. We can I'll, we'll give you a link to a book to read more on this type of thing from Ignatian spirituality. That's spirituality from Saint Ignatius of Loyola and the Jesuits. But um, I think it's just important to know that Jesus can be with us, even we we can't 
really know that he's there. And the saints really point to that very specifically. Yeah, just this week, I had my first class back to school at the Augustine Institute. I'm taking the creed this semester. And in our first class, even though it's the creed, you're like, what does this have to do with the creed? But um, you'll have to take the class to find out because I can't explain it all right now. But we read several excerpts from Mother Teresa's life from Mm -hmm. some of these experiences that she had of this, this darkness in her life. And it's funny because... And I love that they even kept this in there. But part of the transcript is she's writing to this priest in confidence saying, here's what's going on in my spiritual life. And she says, now, just so you know, after you read this, I want you to burn this. Because <laughs> she's like, I don't want the world to know. And he reads it. and He's like, this is good stuff. <laughs> I'm going to keep it. I feel like, yeah, that happened with JB2 is like, please burn all of my writings and personal <laughs> writings. And like, they're like, nope. Yeah, You're right. Like, Wait a second. <laughs> Yeah, so, I mean, praise God for this holy priest um, denying Mother Teresa her, her wishes. Was not burned. Uh, but she, you know, we're reading all these excerpts about her experience, and it was just really profound to kind of remember this, like, yep, you're not alone in this. Even the saints go through this. And what's incredible is when you read about Mother Teresa and, and other saints, too, is oftentimes they'll to learn to love the darkness, mm-hmm. like find a way to love the darkness. Um, Mother Teresa quoted it this way. She said, if I ever become a saint, I will surely be one of darkness, which seems so like, how is that even possible? She goes on. She says, I will continue to be absent from heaven to light the light of those in darkness on earth. So if you are experiencing kind of some dryness, some darkness, it doesn't have to be this extreme, you know, like, yes, for 40 years, I haven't felt good. But Mother Teresa would be a great person to just call upon and ask for her prayers as you suffer through this and know that you are not alone. Yeah, so I think this one's just really good to think through. I think the main point here is that even if we, yeah, feel like Jesus is asleep, that doesn't mean he's not still in the boat with us. And to really keep that in mind um, as we're processing this and and thinking through this. And um, yeah, one of the reasons for this dryness that we know through spiritual masters is because the Lord's testing us. And I think we find that with our own marriage, to go back to that analogy, is there's times in our marriage where things are difficult, things are challenging. And it's in those moments that actually we get to prove our love to one another. Because it's easy when the other person is being really amazing to you. Or it's easy when it's just like, you know, happiness and health and like all those things are going well. But like when it's, you know, things aren't going well and maybe health issues, whatever it might be like, those are the moments in our marriage where we get to like test our love for one another, whether it's like intentional or not, you know? And I think the Lord does that with us. And we have those moments to rise to the occasion. And and we see it with the saints, those who uh, have been recognized in the church as loving the Lord very much that they, it's no, no wonder that they experience uh, this darkness as well. So yeah, I think that's really important to keep in mind. And, and we have those moments. I'm, you're not alone in it. That's the key. Time for our hack. Tis. It's time for our hack. So our hack this week, our Catholic hack has to do with emergency situations. Oh my gosh. I know. Emergencies. Emergencies. We're going to talk about it right now. So what do we so do? so dramatic. <laughs> we are very dramatic people. So if you know somebody who has some kind of a medical condition, such as uh, diabetes or a a severe allergy to something like latex, or they have a pacemaker, oftentimes they wear 
a little bracelet or some kind of a necklace that shows like, hey, I am a diabetic. So if they're in a situation where they're in a car accident or they have a heart attack or something, the medical personnel who come know how to treat them properly because you have to treat somebody differently if they have a pacemaker and they're having a heart attack, right? <laughs> That's a, I'm assuming. I don't actually know. I'm not an EMT, but I'm assuming. Um, so this hack has to do with emergencies in the sense of not having like a medical bracelet, but just simply having a card. And this is something I've had in my wallet for years now. It's just a little card that says, I'm a Catholic in an emergency, please call a priest. So in those emergency situations, you know, it's like, what do people need to know? For someone who has a medical condition, they need to know about the medical condition. For me and for us as Catholics, I know that if I'm unconscious and like something's going down, I want a priest there. Mm -hmm. So it's it's a hack that hopefully you'll never have to implement and hopefully like you'll never, you know, get to heaven and it's like, hey, but don't worry, the priest was there because you had a card in your wallet when they found you unconscious at the scene. Um, but it's just a simple little thing that you can do to ensure that in that time of crisis, a priest is going to get there if you can't speak for yourself. That's good. That's the hack. Oh, man. I know. How dramatic. Super dramatic. Emergencies. Mm-hmm. Cool. That's great. I like that hack. Well, we are talking about six steps to re- rehydrate your spiritual life. And step number three, and the first two steps took a little while, but we're going we're gonna to rock these last four steps. Step number three is recall that faith is not a feeling. And that is really apparent when we don't have feelings towards our Lord that we feel like, you know, are those rainbow or unicorns. And so I think it's just, just like our marriage, going back to that analogy, it's a choice. It's a choice to love. It's a choice um, to care for one another at times when those feelings aren't there. And the same thing is with our Lord. Like sometimes we have to step back from the feelings or the chaos, or the situation, or the challenges in front of us that might really challenge our faith. I think a lot, our current scandal and crisis sometimes does that to people like, oh my gosh, God, like, where where are you, you know? Yeah, it can lead to, I think the crisis can lead to a sense of spiritual dryness, mm-hmm. where you're like, I don't even know how to pray to you right now. Because I feel like if we, if we go based off our feelings in this crisis, like, it'd be very easy to be like, well... I don't think this whole church thing is going well. You know, like that's my feeling in the moment, but we can't trust feelings entirely. Feelings are not bad. Feelings are neutral, but we need to be test them. And we need to realize faith is uh, a choice and not just a feeling. It's not just, I think that's even why some of the Australians, as we spoke of before is because the Lord's testing us. Do you just love me when it's easy? Do you just love me when you have good feelings? Do you just, are you just there for like the spiritual high and not for actually a relationship with me? Is that why you're here? You know, because sometimes we um, can get addicted to the effects of the Lord and not the Lord himself. We get addicted to like the fruit and not to him. And so dryness, what it does, it takes away at times that fruit or that reward and says, actually, it's not about the effect. It's just about me. And so we get that at, at that moment to make a choice. And so I think, um, all right, so that's easier said than done. What do we do when we get into these moments where it feels like, boy, I'm not feeling it. I think it's really important to go back and and to do our own salvation history, whether that's looking over God's faithfulness throughout the history of the church or throughout the history of scripture, which is really helpful, but even our own salvation history. And just think, one of the moments where I know God has really spoken to me, one of the moments where 
I, I really felt his presence. One of the moments where I'm like, oh, that's crystal clear. Like that was the Lord. Like think of these times and, and with that in mind, make that choice rather than just based on the feeling. So that was step number three. three. That was three. Awesome. All right. So number four is to mix it up. Whenever I find myself in times of spiritual dryness, and again, this isn't like dark night of the soul, full-fledged consolation, like, or desolation, sorry, desolation, more just like, I don't know, when I go and pray, I just like stare at the wall, like nothing's really speaking to me, and I'm not really feeling it right now, that is when my spiritual director always kind of tells me like, all right, like, let's mix it up. Like, what have you been praying with? How long have you been praying with it? Let's try this. And she'll suggest a new prayer book or something, or she'll suggest like, maybe it's time for a retreat. When's the last time you've been on a retreat? Maybe you need just one of those kind of intentional step backs to be able to really um, get the big picture of your faith or really concentrate and focus on your faith for a couple of days so you can enter more deeply back into, into prayer with God. Um, so that's kind of one simple thing is, is maybe it's time for you to mix it up. Now, um, on the other end of the spectrum with that, because oftentimes profound truths can, can be true on both sides of the spectrum, I do want to make sure it's understood that there might be times where mixing it up would be the exact opposite of what you should do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that would be a situation where if you have made a commitment to something and you felt called by God, like I need to follow through with this. I need to explore this. I need to um, read this book just because maybe it's not like every moment of it is like enlightening you. If you felt like God call you to that thing, then you need to then not mix it up. You need to follow through yep. and you need to finish it. So the simple example would be if you felt like, gosh, I really should do this 33 days to morning glory, which is a 33 day prayer thing that um, came out several years ago. Millions of people have done it. Very, very popular. If you've made that commitment and you're halfway through and you're like, I don't know, it's just not working. I'm just not going to finish it. Well, no, actually, you probably need to finish it because yep. you made that commitment to that particular thing. Or if you're like, well, I signed up for this retreat because I, you know, I, I prayed about it. But now it's just life's busy. I don't really feel like going like, anymore. I have too much homework. And it's like, no, no, like you made, you said you were going on the retreat like that, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so the caveat would be like, if you know that you've made a commitment to something, then you need to finish that commitment and follow through with it. Um, but if you're just in a period where like there's nothing you've committed to and you're just like, I don't know, things are just kind of in a funk. Well, then, okay, maybe it's time to make a commitment to something new and different. Absolutely. Good. That was tip number four. Step number four. Step number five is to phone a friend. And I think so often when we're suffering, when we're not doing well, um, our tendency can be to not share that with anybody. Like we, we want to go into hiding, especially if you're around people that's like, oh yeah, the faith is great. And like, it's great being Catholic. And like, it, it becomes the flip side of that. It's like, it's very hard to admit like things aren't going well. And I think Hopefully we've gotten better at a society as the uh, on this and better as a church on this. But I think it's really important that you don't suffer alone. Like you, you call a friend to pray for you. Um, you share your struggles and, and seek out encouragement. You know, you really um, don't allow yourself to just s- suffer in silence. And we might not think, we might think that with like our health or with challenges in life, but we need to do that spiritually as well. Just to reach out to people and be like, can you pray for me? Can you check on me? Can you 
pray over me. Can you just help me, you know, and just not being afraid to ask for help, I think is a great thing when we're in, when we're in these moments. And if it's somebody who's been in the spiritual life long enough, they're going to be like, yeah, been there. Know what that's like. They might even be like, I'm there right now. And then mm-hmm. it's fantastic because you have somebody who you can talk with about it and you guys can, you know, um, work through it and pray through it together. So that's cool. All right. Last one. Number six is to persevere. Just persevere. In any of those moments where you just want to give up, the most important thing is to do the opposite and show up. Mm -hmm. Don't give up, show up. Even if you are just staring at the wall or zoning out during mass or, you know, you're praying your rosary and you're like, I just did a super decade of 15 Hail Marys because I forgot to move beads, right? Whatever it is, just stick with the path and just at least show up and just allow that to be enough as you're working through that season and it might not feel like you've accomplished much but like we talked about this isn't about feelings Mm -hmm. it's about faithfulness Mm -hmm. and so recognize that god is doing something he's calling you to something deeper and and he might sleep in the boat for a while Mm -hmm. and that might really annoy you but he is doing something he's calling you something deeper and just be patient and persevere and know that God never abandons us, but he's, he's got something going on for you. And I'd even say, even, even in, in, like push this a little bit further to get to moments and say, actually, what can I even do more? Like if I'm struggling, actually I actually need to work on more. Like how can I add prayers? How can I find another outlet? How can I think of him at other times than just my prayer time, you know? So definitely show up, have that time of prayer. Like that's key. Do not give up on your commitment, but also, Again, like we said before, having people pray for you or going on a retreat, like find additional ways to get a breakthrough rather than just settling for mediocrity or going, yeah, it's just dry. So like I'm going to back down and I'm not going to like fight, fight to get over the dryness for sure. Awesome. Well, as always, except for that one episode, we forgot. It's our how to challenge. (laughs) That was a long time ago, I think. It was, but we forgot one episode. And yeah, someone tweeted it to us. To our us. shame. Yeah, but I Utter was grateful. Shame. I was like, Aww, oh, you, it was you like, pay attention. Yeah. That's We're great. Like, yeah, <laughs> that was a great sign. Hey, I want my challenge. So this week's challenge is to, um, for, for, for dryness, is to think, this is step three, but think back to a moment where you really felt like God spoke to you crystal clear. And I'd really invite you to write down that moment and for two reasons one if you're in dryness now i think processing through that moment and writing it down will help you realize like oh yeah god is real like he's so real like just because i don't feel him right now maybe he's just sleeping not because he's not there and that's that's two very different feelings of the lord sleeping right now in my life or the lord's not in my life so it's just good to go back and remember that if you're if you're like, hey, this is a good episode. I'm feeling great about God. This is I actually am feeling really peachy keen. Like everything's awesome. Save that for when things do get difficult. You can pull that out and then have it for you. Uh, yeah, really challenge you to do that this week because I think it'll help help you no matter where you're at. Well, that's our show for today. It is. 
Thanks for listening in. If you want to connect with us, our email is hello at made to magnify.com. Or you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Kevin R. Cotter or Lisa Ann Cotter. And with no E. As always, if you enjoy the show, please give it a rating on iTunes. It really does help bring visibility to the show. Add it to your podcast subscriptions. Tell a friend. That's probably the best thing you can do. These little things help us get the word out about How to Catholic. Until next week, be saints. It's worth it.